Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and streaming on ESPN+. Plus. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I am Amber Wilson. He's Myron Metcalf. We are filling in for the guys. You can tweet to us at Amber W Sports at Metcalf by ESPN. You can also join the conversation on the CC call-in line at one triple eight. Say ESPN. That is eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Myron, a ton to unpack on today's show. We are taking you up until seven o'clock Eastern. Deshaun Watson's disciplinary hearing is happening today. Where we will keep you updated on everything we know surrounding that situation. Serena Williams is battling Harmony Tan right now in the first round of Wimbledon. And I have learned leading up to the show that Myron Metcalf may be gauging his own mortality on the career of Serena Williams. I will explain as the show goes on. Baker Mayfield says maybe a return to the Browns under center isn't totally out of the question. We will definitely be getting into that. And also the Los Angeles Lakers, now that Russell Westbrook has opted into his final year of his deal. But of course, first, Myron, we start with Kyrie Irving, because another day and another Kyrie Irving segment, right? I don't know if you've heard, Myron, but normal people, they keep the world going. But those who dare to be different, they lead us into tomorrow. I don't know how different it is to go for the $36 million. But I guess Kyrie Irving thinks that's different. Yeah, I hope he can lead them into the Eastern Conference Finals. Let's start there. (laughs) I mean, I think people would accept that if he changed up that quote. Uh, But we're talking about Kyrie the way that we usually talk about him, uh, wondering if he's going to be the guy who could help this Brooklyn Nets team compete. It's just so interesting to me, Amber, that he didn't find some big sign-in trade that like teams around the league didn't say – we got to add Kyrie to the mix. He's the missing piece of a championship run. That says a lot to me, Amber, about the perception of Kyrie Irving around the NBA. It says a whole lot about the perception. Woj was reporting that the only team that appeared interested at all in Kyrie Irving when he was allowed by the Nets to pursue a sign-and-trade was the Los Angeles Lakers. And, of course, the Lakers ain't got no money to make it possible. <laughs> he would have had to quite literally take $6 bucks and leave $30 million on the table by opting out. Or he would have had to talk the Nets into taking some sort of deal that would have involved Russell Westbrook, and it appeared the Nets were not at all interested in that. So Kyrie Irving, it seemed like, did everything he could to try to create some leverage. There was this idea that they needed to give him an extension to keep Kevin Durant happy because if Kyrie's happy, then KD's happy. Except for KD went on his own podcast, Myron, and was like, 
eh, let's keep my name out of this. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not involved in either side. And so the Nets kind of called Kyrie's bluff, it seems like. Like, sure, go pursue sign and trade. See what you can get us. And it seems like what he could get them was a, a whole lot of nothing. And so he opted into the final year. Could you still see a scenario, though, where Kyrie gets moved? Yeah. I mean, I think this will be one of the biggest stories in the NBA between now and the trade deadline. I think if you're Brooklyn, what you have is – Probably at the start of the season, you're going to have Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, and Kyrie Irving, right? But I also think that those first couple of months of the season, Amber, will be an experiment. Like, if you're the Nets management and leadership, you're looking at that and going, can we win with these guys long term? Is this the right mix? And if it's not, and I think we'll know early on, then I think that's when Kyrie could be on the move, maybe to a team like the Lakers. But I don't know who wants him, Amber. I mean, you're a Miami Heat fan. He's been talked about in connection to your favorite team. Would you want to pull some strings and move Kyrie there? We were on the list. Uh, <laughs> the second I saw that list, I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, I want the hoops, but I don't yeah. want everything else that comes with it. And it's so strange because we're talking about such a good player, Myron, yes. right? I mean, typically we would say, hey, there's a lot of teams around the league that would sign up for the headaches in order for to have that level of talent. We all agree Kyrie Irving's wildly talented, right? And he's still at the height of his game. I mean, he obviously is. could be a major contributor to a champion caliber team and yet it appears that in reality there's only so many headaches that these teams are willing to sign up for it's pretty remarkable I mean as a Heat fan you mentioned it I really didn't know how to feel about it. I mean to be honest I, I was I didn't like it and then I thought okay well if Kyrie leaves then KD is going to try to force his way out and if you sign up for Kyrie you're taking yourself out of the KD sweepstakes and I'd yeah. rather be in on the KD sweepstakes and even just have a shot there even if it's a long shot then maybe take on the headaches that could come with Kyrie Irving. Then the owner of the Miami Heat, Mickey Arison, had tweeted out something a couple days ago when those rumors were circulating about anti-vaxxers that seemed like very out of the blue. I mean, it didn't, it didn't have anything to do with Kyrie, but let's not pretend things aren't very calculated on Twitter these days. And it kind of sent the message that, hey, we're probably not interested in that player who had all the vaccine controversy around him. And so it appears that a lot of teams took that approach and there was no real deal on the table for Kyrie Irving. And so I agree with you. I think the Brooklyn Nets are going to have some time here to evaluate what they have with Kyrie, KD, and Ben Simmons. Jay Williams, a co-host of Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max on KJM earlier said that means all the pressure is on this Nets team. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All the drama that was circulating around this team last year... How Steve Nash, you know, a guy who has no head coaching experience, is handling this, not having a full or a complete roster for most of his tenure, short tenure with the Nets, to the Ben Simmons drama that came along with them getting him from Philadelphia in the James Harden trade in which, I mean, Houston has all the Nets picks until 2027. I mean, that's a whole other conversation that started to Kevin Durant watching Golden State 
winning a world championship. They're fourth to the Kyrie Irving situation, watching Boston get to a world championship and then everything with the pandemic. And he's on a one-year pretty much deal until he hits free agency. Yeah, you tell me what other team in all sports has more pressure on them than, than, than the Brooklyn Nets. I guess there's pressure there, Myron, but I feel like this actually worked out for the Nets because what you could do here is now you have an opportunity to evaluate it. And like you said, you evaluate it for half a season and then you could still maybe trade Kyrie away for a little something, right? You're not going to get much in return because it would have to be somewhere he's agreeing to sign an extension and everything that comes with that. But also maybe you see a scenario where, Hey, we just don't have enough here. And maybe you do start even in the future, looking ahead to, you know, trading away KD or trading away Ben Simmons. I mean, you still do have, of course, assets that could bring back in some of those picks because you heard Jay will say they're they're devoid of picks until essentially 2027 that are worth much yeah I mean I think that's why the pressure I don't know that it's on the nets to your point I think it's on Kyrie I mean Kyrie's easy to easier to move at 36 million I mean for his skill set guys are making almost 50 million so at 36 million that's somebody someone might see that as a bargain with the skill it's the other stuff you got to deal with. The pressure to me is on Kyrie Irving to prove that he's still a championship component in this league. He's the one who wants the long-term deal. He's the one that wants the big money. Can he prove that he's worth that? Kyrie won with LeBron James. Kyrie goes to Boston. He's not with Boston. Boston's a better team without him. He goes to Brooklyn. And to me, Kevin Durant's greatest time was when he almost beat Milwaukee, really without Kyrie Irving, without some of those guys around mm-hmm. him. So is Kyrie a guy who's going to help you win a championship? To me, outside of playing with LeBron, he hasn't proven that yet. Amber, to me, all eyes are going to be on him to show the world that, hey, I'm still a top 12 player in this league, worthy of a max deal, and you want to do everything you can to get me. Because I think this situation, the fact that all these teams didn't raise their hands, and beyond that, Amber, in a league where players run the world, so many players could have tweeted, IG, whatever they wanted to say, they could have said, give me Kyrie. Nobody did that. That says a lot about the perception of Kyrie Irving in the NBA today. I think that the situation with the Nets has already gotten just about as ugly as it can get, right? I mean, we were in a scenario where we were talking about potentially Kyrie walking and Kevin Durant trying to force his way out, and maybe we never even see Ben Simmons play basketball again. I don't know how much uglier it can get for the Nets. They've already underperformed so much since these guys came together with that team. They got swept in the first round in these last playoffs with a healthy KD and Kyrie, by the way. So how much uglier can it really get? But I agree with you. The pressure is very much on Kyrie. Tim Bontemps, ESPN's NBA reporter, was on Greeny earlier with Mike Greenberg, and he said that this is the best-case scenario for the Nets. Who knows where this will go from here because, as I've said a bunch of times, any question that involves Kyrie Irving, the only true answer is maybe in any direction, right? You just don't know where it's going to go. But this is what the Nets wanted. Kyrie Irving on a short-term commitment to be on the team next year. That means Kevin Durant's on the team next year. That means this team has a championship roster. Right. This is not I'm not saying they're going to win the championship, but they've got a team that's capable of contending for a title with Kevin Durant, with Kyrie Irving, with Ben Simmons, with the pieces they have around them. And frankly, with some options to go get some more help around them this offseason. So to me, this is really the best case scenario for the Nets. Kyrie Irving on a short team term deal. Kevin Durant on the team. The Nets having a shot. It's frankly the scenario that the Nets wanted. It's why they wouldn't extend Kyrie, right, Myron? I mean, this was it. This was the result that the Nets wanted. They called Kyrie's bluff. He opted in because, of course, he wasn't going to leave $30 million on the table. None of us would have. And they get some more time here to evaluate him without having to commit to him long term. Yeah, I mean, it puts them in a a good spot 
for that. But overall, there's still a failure, right, under this KD Kyrie experiment. Now you bring on Ben Simmons. Like, to me, what you have, you have three guys who really thrive when everything's positive, but the minute there's a little drama, that's when everything gets crazy with those guys. So how are you going to keep it together if you have another difficult season? But the Nets hope this works because where do you turn if it doesn't? If Kyrie doesn't work out and you got to move him, does Kevin Durant really want to play with Russell Westbrook or someone like that that you might bring back in exchange for him? I doubt it. So now Kevin Durant maybe says, I want to trade. And in this league, Amber, when superstars demand trades, you have no power. You got to move them. So I think the Nets have to hope that this works out and it works out pretty fast. Because if we get to like December and this isn't working, Kyrie's going to be on the move. Speaking of Russell Westbrook, uh, Kyrie Irving was not the only player to opt into his deal yesterday. We will get into the situation with the Lakers in just a moment. Tune in to the ESPN Daily Podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily, available wherever you enjoy your podcast. This is Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson, and Myron Metcalf filling in for the guys. And Russell Westbrook, the Lakers point guard, opted into his $47.1 million option in the final year of his contract yesterday. We knew he was going to Myron. That's not surprising. We were really waiting to see what Kyrie did also because it's Kyrie. So, I mean, even though anybody else in the world would have opted into 36 million, it was Kyrie. So all bets were off. You never know what Kyrie's going to do with Russ. This was not confusing. I mean, there was no, a nobody else that he was going to get that money from. Of course you take the 47 and his deal has been a depreciating asset since, you know, he signed it back in what 2017 with Oklahoma city. I mean, this has been an ugly deal for quite some time. This is how this works though. Of course, with some of these aging players and particularly as you mentioned in our pre-show meeting, at that point guard position. But now we know he has opted in. What do the Los Angeles Lakers do from here? Because this was always going to be the case, and this is going to also be the problem for the Lakers, that they are up against it because of the cap and because, in large part, that $47 million. I think if you're the Lakers, you try to convince him to, to be a distributor, uh, a playmaker, and not to be the guy who uh, is trying to be sort of overly assertive offensively. Like, he's got to make room for AD if AD's healthy. And LeBron, like, to me, Russell Westbrook's greatest strength for that Lakers team will be to move out of the way. You can't win a championship with Westbrook playing the way that he plays. Now, I'm not one of those people, Amber, who says Russell Westbrook isn't a great player because of what we've seen the last couple years. We're going to look back at his numbers and realize that he's legitimately the only person who's ever done what he's done in terms of points, rebounds, and assists, right? But in terms of his style of play, in terms of the fact that he's a 30% three-point shooter over his career, that doesn't fit with what the Lakers need at that position. So that $47 million is going to be more of a burden for that team because Westbrook, the way he plays, you can't win a championship that way. I mean, if you think about the way that Russell Westbrook plays, it's yielded what over James Harden, Bradley Beal, LeBron James over just the last few years to name some of the names that he has played alongside, right? I mean, it it hasn't amounted to much, even though sometimes the numbers look quite good. And obviously, if you pull his career numbers, they look great. I mean, you're talking about a nine-time All-Star 
who's been traded three times over the past three years uh, with the Rockets and the Wizards and the Lakers. And now the situation with the Lakers, I won't actually blame on Westbrook because it's easy to pile on. And I think one of the reasons that we do it is, yes, I agree with you. The brand of basketball hasn't aged so well over the last decade because we're just in a different place here in 2022 with how we need point guards to play. But then also... Myron, it's really just that $47 million cap hit, right? Like, they feel like that's really why we pile on Russell Westbrook so much is that the man got paid. And and it's like we it's like we fault him for it now that he got paid when he wasn't really the Lakers' problem, I wouldn't say, last season. Like, he actually did show up there down the stretch for the Lakers, even though there were times right before that that he was awful. He did do what he could towards the end of the regular season for the Lakers. But when you're paying that guy $47 million, even if he can be a decent contributor and still give you 19 a game if you're paying him 47 million like forget about it you can't put enough around him and then you couple that with the fact that LeBron is aging I mean he's Mm -hmm. still phenomenal but he can't be out there because his body's just not going to hold up the same way at 38 years old so you're not going to get I mean 82 out of him you're not you may not even get 60 out of him right and then Anthony Davis forget about it I mean he's 85 years old in terms of his body and, and apparently how he how he maintains himself and so it's impossible to count on him for an entire season either. Yeah, I'm sure Lakers fans weren't exactly excited when they heard AD say he hasn't shot a basketball since like April or something like that. Like, I don't think anyone, I don't, I don't know why people would say that publicly. Like, that's something AD should have kept to himself. But to I your heard point, some people arguing on our airwaves and some former ballers. I can't remember Jay Williams. It may have been Jay Williams. I can't remember his position on this, but I did hear people defending it. Like, no, it's no big deal that he hasn't shot a basketball and maybe it was, it, maybe it was JJ. I don't know. It, I, it yeah. has, it's not a big deal that like he hasn't shot a basketball since April. And I'm thinking, yeah, but like it, it maybe it wasn't for you, but like yeah. it is because we're talking about Anthony Davis. Yeah. Right. I like, don't want to hear that. It, it, especially right. Especially with the way the last couple of years have yes. gotten, you don't want to hear it now at this point because you want to believe AD is out there doing everything he can to put himself yep. in a position to be healthy going into the regular season. And to that point, Amber, when you say what's next for the Lakers, the perception of Russell Westbrook, the $47 million, that affects what people think. A guy making that kind of money, making Steph Curry money, you expect that kind of a performance. But the bigger question is going to be, will we see those guys together? Like how many games will Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Russell Westbrook play together next season? And that's a giant question mark for that team because of the injury issues, LeBron aging, and then Westbrook, who you can't fault him for how hard he plays. Like he's still – is a really great player. I just don't know that he fits as a championship piece. So I don't know how they're going to work that out. He absolutely puts in the effort. Dave McMenamin, ESPN's NBA reporter, was on Freddie and Fitzsimmons. He discussed how LeBron James made this whole situation worse. And he turned up the volume as the year went on. He puts this tweet out that I hear all the haters, and he puts the tweet out that, hey, you know, we're going to, make up for this Laker nation, believe me. And then he goes at all-star weekend and says he wants to play in Cleveland and then throws some shade at Rob Polinka and says Sam Presti is the, the greatest GM in the game. Like he made things a more difficult working environment. I think from his vantage point, he thought it was going to turn around and have the last laugh, but it never happened. And so I think you get a more measured approach, really committing to the defensive end of things earlier on than he did last season. Uh, and giving Darwin um, his best. 
LeBron normally does get the last laugh, Myron, and LeBron is the king of subtweets. I mean, he has been doing this his entire career, at least really frankly, since like 2010 when he really found his voice. He has been doing this. He is the king of it. And normally it works out in his favor and it can actually motivate his teammates. And at this point, uh, it's certainly not a lack of motivation. That's the problem with the Los Angeles Lakers and him doing all that. I I tend to agree with McMenamin. Like it just... It just made everything worse. He didn't get the last laugh for once, Myron. No, he didn't. And now as he's aging, it was easier to get the last laugh, Amber, when you didn't need a midday nap. I mean, that's the thing with LeBron. He's aging now, right? So it's going to be a different burden here coming up next season. Oh, we can laugh because we're, you know, around the same age, me and Myron and and old LeBron. Uh, And so it's fun. And we will be talking about aging superstars a little bit later in the show. Also, George Sedano from 710 ESPN LA. He is going to join us at 4 p.m. Eastern to discuss Russell Westbrook and the Los Angeles Lakers. But coming up next, should we expect Deshaun Watson to play this season? This is Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson and Myron Metcalf filling in for the guys. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Amber Wilson and Myron Metcalf filling in for the guys on Canty and Carlin. You can tweet to us at Amber W Sports at Metcalf by ESPN. In just a moment, we're going to get into what's happening with Deshaun Watson. He is in the midst of his disciplinary hearing that started today. But first, we have been discussing, of course, the Kyrie Irving situation. We've been discussing Russell Westbrook in Los Angeles. And in the midst of that conversation, Myron came up the subject of do the Nets have the most pressure on them? Who has the most pressure? And we got a call right now on the CC call-in line, and you can give us a call there as well, one triple Say ESPN 888-729-3776. David in New Mexico wants to address who has the most pressure, David, in the NBA in this season. Uh, Lakers, of course. Of course. Uh, Why? Their history, number one. Uh, LeBron's arrogance, number two. Uh, Anthony Davis and him were supposed to be, you know, winning a couple titles together. Then you have throwing Westbrook. And you have the coach who um, was a disaster with LeBron. So I think their organization has the most pressure because they should have won this year. And they're going to have to find out what they're going to do with Anthony Davis because he's, he's a hot mess too. So you tell me. Thanks, David. Thanks for the call. Uh, I do think that the Lakers, Myron, is a more interesting story than you and I have even maybe gotten to unpack because we, of course, did talk about the Russell Westbrook component of this story. He opts into the $47 million player option in the final year of his contract. But I do wonder 
if the Lakers aren't so far off from the situation that the Nets are finding themselves in, where the Lakers might be in a scenario where if things don't go this season, if we start off this season and things aren't going according to plan again for that franchise, could we see a scenario where the Lakers need to consider trading away the assets that they do have, and you and I have discussed Russell Westbrook ain't on that list because that's not a viable asset at $47 million on an expiring contract, but maybe at Anthony Davis? What could you get in return from Anthony Davis? Or even could we see a situation where LeBron wants out? All of those seem possible. I mean, to the caller's point, I don't think they feel any pressure. I mean, Jeannie Buss is not feeling a whole lot of pressure counting the 11 rings in her office, right? Like this is a team that finds a way to – bounce back regardless of who they lose. But, yeah, I think Anthony Davis has to be the guy we're talking about if he's healthy. Because when healthy, he can be a top-10-level player, in my opinion. But we haven't seen him like that for so long. But it'll be something to watch throughout this whole season with the Lakers. It will definitely be something to watch. And LeBron, we mentioned it last segment. He has put the hints out there, the subtweets, the things that he (laughs) said. He did that. He had that weird flirtation with Cleveland – or surrounding the all-star break, there was that whole thing where everyone's like, oh, he wants to go back to the Cavs. I, I mean, this is probably not going to end anytime soon. And at one point, we may be asking ourselves, hey, even though LeBron's under contract there in Los Angeles, is there coming a time where maybe he even wants out of the Lakers organization? But to your point, they did get a championship out of the LeBron era. Like, even if it ended tomorrow. They did get a championship in just 2020 out of the LeBron era. So I feel like the Lakers, you know, they're probably okay. They're okay. They're doing okay. Not okay might be Deshaun Watson. We are awaiting what is going to be the result of this disciplinary hearing that is occurring right now where the NFL, the NFLPA, Deshaun Watson's legal team as well. They are all arguing in front of Sue Robinson, a former federal judge who is acting as an independent arbitrator on this matter. She will issue a ruling on a potential suspension for Deshaun Watson. She at first will determine whether he violated the league conduct policy, Myron, assuming she does determine that he did. It's fairly unfathomable that she would determine that he did not. If she determines that he did, then there will be some sort of suspension, and most likely it will get appealed. Either the NFL can appeal it, or Deshaun Watson's side in the NFLPA can appeal appeal that ruling. So that's the latest on what's happening right now with Deshaun Watson. We did get the report from Dan Graziano that apparently the NFL and the NFLPA had engaged in settlement talks to avert this hearing. That's normal. But they weren't able to reach a settlement because the NFL would not move off of its position, Myron, that they want Deshaun Watson suspended for at least a year. And that, to me, is is something that uh, could really change his career, could change what the Browns thought they were going to be able to do. I, I don't know the legal parameters. You understand that, Amber, obviously. But I know it's not a good place to be uh, when the NFL is trying to make an example of you. And that's exactly what's happening here. The NFL, I think, is looking at Deshaun Watson and saying, listen, we don't ever want to see something like this ever again. We don't ever want this to be something that we have to deal with. And that's why they're pushing for this lengthy suspension. And if it happens, you're talking about a guy, Amber, who will be three years removed from playing football. This last game was January 3rd, 2021. And now the Browns, who paid him $230 million guaranteed, got to find a quarterback, got to figure out what's next. And what happens if more things come up? It just looks like a really bad decision no matter how you approach 
the Deshaun Watson transaction. Yeah, I was always surprised, and I know we're going to get into this uh, from the Browns' perspective a little bit more later in the show. Myron and I are filling in right now for Canty and Carlin. We're taking you up until 7 o'clock Eastern. I was always surprised, though, Myron, that that wasn't a larger component of this conversation when they handed him the largest deal in NFL history. Just from the pure football component of, hey, yeah, Deshaun Watson, you know, he was a top-five quarterback in the league the last time we saw him, and he's only 26 years old, except for if the last time we saw him ends up being three years later yeah. is when we actually see him again I mean what does that mean like are you still a top five quarterback after taking off three years I have no idea because there's really nothing to compare this to and there's nothing to compare this situation to so it's very hard for us to know what is going to happen here with this disciplinary hearing the way that it works uh, Myron is that under this new CBA the NFL conducts its investigation which we know they concluded and then at the conclusion of their investigation the lead investigator has a recommendation of a suspension and they inform Watson's team at least 10 days before this hearing of the NFL's recommendation suspension, which in this scenario was indefinite at least a year. So it was indefinite a year minimum, which is where we were getting those reports that the NFL was pursuing that. That was the recommended uh Uh, after the investigation that was the recommended suspension from the investigation stemming from the investigation okay and so then they informed Deshaun Watson side of that uh, within 10 days of this hearing they informed according to reports Sue Robinson of NF of what the NFL is essentially pursuing yesterday just before this hearing so the NFL right now is arguing as we speak for Deshaun Watson to get suspended indefinitely for at least a year is basically what the NFL is arguing. And of course, the NFLPA and Deshaun Watson's defense team, which consists of his same defense attorney who's handling the civil lawsuits against Deshaun Watson, they, of course, are arguing for something significantly, I would imagine, less than that in terms of disciplinary action and probably, frankly, even arguing that he didn't violate the league's conduct policy to begin with. It may take a while, Byron, for us to get an answer in 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 twofold. It may take a while for us to even get an answer here because this hearing could last three days. We don't know because, again, there's no Sue Robinson. Uh, she's new to this process. We she, This is the first time that a disciplinary action in the NFL has been in front of her. So we don't know exactly how she's going to handle the process just in terms of the timeline because we don't have anything to compare it to. So it could be, you know, three days of a hearing and then she might take a week to issue her decision. And then when she does issue her decision again, if there is some sort of suspension, if she does determine that he violated the league's conduct policy, then most likely somebody's appealing, whether it's the NFL or the NFLPA. And then that either goes to Roger Goodell or he names an independent arbitrator again to handle the appeal. And so we may not get a final answer for quite some time because then you'd have to go through that appeals process as well. So this is a wait and see, but we're at least somewhat closer to a final answer because at least this initial disciplinary hearing is right now underway. So we will keep you updated on everything Deshaun Watson. Coming up next, though, how dangerous can this Clippers team be with the addition of John Wall and a healthy, question mark, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George returning allegedly? This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Wall was due $47.4 million from the Rockets after exercising his player option for the final year of his contract. He agreed to take $6.5 million less to become a free agent, Myron, after him and the Rockets agreed to a buyout. And he signed with the Los Angeles Clippers. And so now the Clippers have allegedly John Wall and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Three guys who I have not consistently seen play basketball, by the way, (laughs) over the last few years. But allegedly they have all those guys. Jay Williams, co-host of Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max, he said that if those guys stay healthy, the Clippers are the favorite in the West. If they are able to remain healthy, I would give the Clippers a slight edge as the favorites in the Western Conference. I would. Favorites. The favorite. I mean, defensively, they would match up with Golden State in, in a very real way with their wing defenders, with Reggie Jackson, Omar Powell, with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. I, they, they have all the pieces. Health is their biggest component. If everybody remains healthy, that's the biggest caveat with this team. They're going to be there when it counts, when it's all said and done. I, are they? I, I, I honestly, I'm Myron. I have no idea how to evaluate this Clippers team. And, yeah. we, you know, I know we're talking about disappointments in the NBA when it comes to the Nets. Like the Clippers have been a huge disappointment as well with Kawhi. I just haven't seen enough of them. I really don't know what they would have and I or enough of John Wall for that matter. Yeah, is that J. Will clip, is that from 2019 or 2020 or 2020? What year was that? Because we say the same thing about the Clippers every single year. year. So I don't know. Although I will say, John Wall is better than people think. I mean, he's had injuries. People don't like that he got the $47 million, much like Russell Westbrook. But, you know, in the short stretch he played for Houston the year before last, he averaged like 20 a game. So I think he can be a a positive contributor to that team. I just – I don't buy anything when it comes to the Clippers. I definitely don't think they're the favorites in the West over the Warriors. I I, I don't know. I got to see it to believe with them. That's the problem is we have to see it to believe it. And it's also impossible to believe that they're going to stay healthy. 100%. So on paper, what Jay Will is saying isn't actually out that, that outlandish, frankly. It just, on paper and reality, feel like two different things when it comes to the Los Angeles Clippers and it's easy to say like obviously the entire landscape of the West is dependent on who's healthy right I mean we've seen what Golden State looks like when they're not fully healthy either so health of course matters to any of these teams it just feels like with that Clippers team it has been so doomed from that perspective definitely I agree so the Clippers will have allegedly extra help with John Wall, but we will see how John Wall fits into that team on what should be theoretically a healthy Clippers team this fall. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Myron Metcalf filling in for the guys. You can follow us on Twitter at Amber W Sports at Metcalf by ESPN. Right now, Serena Williams is taking on Harmony Tan in the first round of Wimbledon. Serena lost in the first set, seven to five, and they're in the second set right now. Myron, I don't have the Wimbledon on in my room that I'm doing radio from. So you give me the better update because I know you're super tuned in and my internet here tends to be a bit behind. I'm seeing that the second set here is one nothing right now. Serena's leading. Yes. Serena's up 1-0. I mean, the first set, 7-5. She lost. Um, I didn't like that. But up 1-0 in the second set uh, against Harmony Tan. So let's see what happens from here. So this is Serena's first time playing tennis competitively in a very long time due to injury. And so this is essentially Serena making her comeback. We've seen incredible comebacks from Serena throughout the years. But I did learn in our pre-show meeting or leading up to this show, Myron, first of all, I mean, maybe Serena Williams' biggest fan, which is saying a lot because, like, all of us are huge Serena Williams fans. Like, who's not a fan of Serena Williams, by the way? I mean, talk about an athlete. Talk about an athlete that's so dominant and that everybody loves, right? Like, that's, that's not easy. It's not like nobody loved Tom Brady until he went to the to Tampa, right? I mean, you don't normally love the dominant. The dominant athletes are normally easy to hate. But Serena Williams, I feel like, is one of those beloved dominant athletes throughout all the years. And in part, I think because like she just keeps coming back and she just mm-hmm. keeps coming back and she's just so incredible and so dominant. But we were like not even halfway through the first set and you were freaking out that Serena after all this time off didn't look like Serena of you know 2015 yeah she's perfection to me Amber I don't know I can't take it because we've been watching her do this for 25 years you, you don't have an all-time greatest athletes list if Serena's not on it. Serena's the most dominant athlete of our lifetime I really believe that more dominant than Michael Jordan more dominant than Tiger Woods Tom Brady LeBron James Whoever you want to put in that conversation, Serena Williams has been the most dominant athlete that we have seen. And to to watch her age, it's just a weird feeling because I just would never expect her you, to be to in this age? position. Yeah, I just you thought she her was, to stay, just I thought she was invincible. Yeah, forever. I just thought she was going to be a certain age forever. Um, and it just makes you realize that even the greats have their moments. I would rather with Serena, Amber, I would rather not see it. Right. Like I would rather not see the decline. I would rather her not play for a while, hold a press conference. I'm walking away. Right. But to watch it, that's just hard for me to. Are you doing that because we are practically Serena's age is like that. Why she signifies that to you rather than, you know, some of these like older, like you can watch Michael Jordan age because he's older than you. But Serena is too close to your age. So her aging is problematic for you. Her greatness, though, of course, is undisputed. I mean, she was forced to retire exactly one year ago because she tore her hamstring. And Yeah. yeah, it's the injuries. And that's how we're seeing, you know, the LeBron James of the world age as well and we're going to talk about some of these aging champions a little bit later in the show but a seven-time champion is returning here to the grass against a 24 year old in harmony tan serena williams is four is 40 years old she's about to be 41 years old and she's still out here though myron taking on 24 year olds after tearing her hamstring and everything else uh, practically dying during childbirth nearly dying during childbirth and everything else she's been through physically in her career it's remarkable yeah she's the greatest athlete of all time in my opinion 
I mean, I, I just have her on that list. Like you look at what she's been able to overcome and how she, how long she has been doing it. Yeah. The age does make you realize that like, you know, you're aging as well. <laughs> like the things you could do, uh, you can't do anymore. At the same time, there's a difference. I mean, she's at Wimbledon. I threw my back out trying to put the cover on my grill one time. So we're not the same, right? <laughs> but it doesn't that make you feel better about it? I'm like, oh, okay. Like Serena also, like her True. body, like, yeah, she tears a hamstring. Given playing professional tennis at Wimbledon, fine. Yeah. But, you know, when I slept wrong the other day and I couldn't move my head for a week, it's okay because me and Serena were one and the same. She's human, and you appreciate that. <laughs> what I think really bothers me, Amber, is that she doesn't get the respect she deserves only because she's a female athlete. Like in these conversations we have and the respect we give to your LeBrons and your Tom Brady's and your Tigers for their longevity, Serena doesn't get that. And she deserves it more than anybody. And I think that's why it's so personal to me. Like it's amazing what she's doing, but give her her flowers for what she's already done. And from an incredibly female perspective, I would argue it's actually much harder than what she what she has done. I mean, she won a major when she was eight weeks pregnant, which is somebody myself who has been eight weeks pregnant. I can tell you. I mean, I was so sick I couldn't even get out of bed. I don't know how she did it. It's absolutely remarkable what she has done in her career, just dominant. But it's remarkable here what she's trying to do at Wimbledon. I don't feel like the wheels have fallen off yet, Myron. I know you're like no. you were freaking out. It, it, <laughs> A few minutes into set one and, you know, she's coming back from such a major injury. I don't think that we're there yet. The fact that she still wants to claw her way back. And by the way, extra kudos to Serena for wanting to claw her way back when she's got that real estate portfolio, you know, like (laughs) I, I mean, and the the billionaire husband and everything like, I mean, just even wanting to show up to still play tennis. Like I'd be sipping my ties on my mega yacht. If I was somewhere, I'd be. I would like not the, be here if either. she wins, she if she wins here, she should just like get extra points yes. for winning this one uh, because of where she's at in her life. She doesn't need any of this. Coming up next was last season aberration for the Lakers. More Lakers talk. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 